Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Guys, we're getting into it now. The Mandalorian is really getting into it. We're on Chapter 12, The Siege. So much happens. So many characters return. So much story development. It seems like the proper arc of the story is starting to unveil itself to the world. So without further ado, here is the next episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Here we are. I love the title of this one, The Siege. Uh, and it doesn't disappoint. It kind of uh, it sets it up. When I just saw it come out, I love the little titles, every every chapter getting its own little name. Just when it came up, The Siege, I'm like, oh, this just feels like it's a really good episode already. Yeah, it and, sounds action-packed, doesn't it? The Siege. Yeah, and man, I mean... So much happens in this. I, I saw the runtime. It's like 35, 36 minutes. So much happens in this time. So much. We get a huge chunk of story development, don't we, in this one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, we, we don't get the, the forest planet that I've been so pining for. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, this one is just, again, you know... Um, an action-packed thriller, really, as they're all kind of turning out to be in this uh, in this series. I mean, it, it just each one is just has something going on, and yeah, as you said, there's there's a lot of story development. You know, we get the the old characters back of uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I, I I don't know if you saw as well. Uh, Carl Weathers is also directing this one, which I thought was uh, really cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I loved that at the at the end of this um, episode to see that Carl was directing. Absolutely yeah. loved that. He's a bit of a legend, just isn't he? Everybody has so much respect for him, which they should, because he's such a seasoned professional, and he never really falters. And he's performed so many iconic roles over the years. And now this is, I yeah. feel, very much going to be another feather in his cap, as they say. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was surprised to see him in the directing chair, but um, the fact that you know this episode feels just as 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 great as all the others, it's like, well, you know, of course he's. He, I mean, as you said, he's been in so many like iconic roles that it's not surprising that he, you know, make for a great director as well. So, yeah, it was great. To, it, it's it's so cool to see the actors step forward as well, kind of beyond their roles and into like the production of it of the episodes as well, because you can see how like. <laughs> How it's almost like a tribute for them to Star Wars, and it must be such an honor for them to kind of be part of the film legacy that you know, um, they must really be you know, really going for it. So, just to see, yeah, Carl Weathers directing this is, is great, and yeah, and you know, like, like the iconic film roles he's been in, you know, he's mostly known for his action roles. So, to see him do like an action packed episode is it's fitting, and I mean, even from the start, you know, with the uh, <laughs> the 
the aliens back on the planet with you know the um <laughs> the aliens that we remember who you know held up Luke in the uh, Tatooine bar which I thought was a, a nice little throwback um to see them just as violent as ever really um <laughs> he doesn't like you and I don't <laughs> like you either <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, seeing them before, before we get that though, I mean, I just absolutely love the whole setup scene of little baby Yoda trying to the oh, blue yeah. red wire scene. It's just yeah. so brilliantly done. It's so brilliantly done. Just watching him communicate to him in this like tiny little hole. It's like, yeah. You see the red one? You the the or it's the blue one. I can't remember. <laughs> he put that where the red one was, and the red one where the blue. He, he's just like, hmm, huh, yeah. hmm. <laughs> but don't touch them. <laughs> don't yeah, touch them. Just fries himself. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's hilarious little opening scene as well. I mean, and also when they're drinking the uh, the little soup together, and uh, just uh, the bond of father and you know odd son is just continuing to grow and yeah it's awesome it's, it's a it's a great little uh funny opener um because a lot of this episode is you know quite uh in depth and you know in terms of the the gets quite dark in terms of like a lot of the kind of character and storyline development so it's um yeah it's you know it's just it's always nice to have a nice baby yoda kind of lightener to begin with uh and also of course you know he provides kind of bits throughout the episode as we'll get on to but um but yeah i love this kind of fir- this first action scene as well with cara june and you know th- th- just how badass she is as a as a character herself you know it's not just the mandalorian who can you know take out whole hallways of stormtroopers it's like you know she just can just step up into the role and and you know as, as we find out into the episode that she's uh become quite an effective sort of marshal for the area so uh it's uh yeah it's like it's Great, great opening, you know, to, uh, you know, another kind of action packed episode, you know, we get a bit of comedy and then, you know, diving into the action. So it's, um, yeah, it's. I love this. Another, another, uh, doth my hat to the spaghetti Western style. The fact that all these small towns have marshals yeah. is, is very much what it seemed. And when we obviously, it's great to see getting Cara June back in an episode it's brilliant to see her on screen again she's such a badass but then it'd be like oh it's the marshal and that to be her I'm like I'm hoping we're going to get a marshal episode at this rate and have both, <laughs> the, both of the marshals uh, uh, kicking ass together but it's in a it's kind of sets us up for what this I say sets it up for what this episode is going to be but this episode is a lot in the they really pack this 35 odd minutes pretty full in terms of action sequences in terms of storyline um bringing back characters exactly like re- there's, there's so many things here yeah. in this episode yeah like even yeah exactly reintroducing the characters into like you know showing how far they've come in their development um or from when, when we last you know left them um it, 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 as you said, it kind of packs it in so much, so quickly, and each each scene feels very uh, information sort of dense, and also you know uh, action um, led as well. So yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. But we, I like the fact that we get. <laughs> you can always tell when there's a dodgy character, can't you? When the the two that go to fix his ship, we obviously. Yeah. Don't. 
a lot later on that one of them is uh, working for the Empire, that yeah. Empire that just won't go away. Um, but it was great to revisit where they had the massive uh, shoot-up in the town in the previous season. And I love the little turn of events that they've pretty much turned that bar into a school. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, again like a kind of a funny little throwback, and um, I mean it just sets the scene as well for a great little uh, Baby Yoda <laughs> eating, <laughs> as you know, as we've come to know him as like you know this kind of greedy little uh, greedy little guy, um, and yeah, it's it's another kind of funny scene to lighten the uh, lighten the episode before the action kicks off. And, and yeah, and seeing the the bar kind of changed into this uh, new environment is uh, yeah quite an interesting development. Again, it kind of just it's one of these small details that just shows you know, as you said, it packs in all of this detail that um, just from the setting alone, you can you can see how much the Kara June and um, and Grief Cargo have, have have progressed since we last saw them. Mm. Mm. the setting of this place is very much uh, i know you put you haven't been there but the um black spire outpost uh i think it's batu or baku which is the um park the disney park that they created the immersive experience very mm. much similar vibes in terms of color schemes and the way you have a lot of colorful drapes um hanging over top and to the side i know it's similar to a few different maybe Star Wars settings, but that's the vibe I very much get from this place. But also we get we get we get a lot of characters back, don't we? I mean, I know we briefly mentioned this, but we get the Mithril character back yeah. from the, the one that he apprehended in yeah. episode one. When he walks in and this guy just disperses this some sort of gas, almost like a nervous wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he sees Mando for the first time in a long time, yeah, he's a, he's a great character as well, and uh, it, it was. Uh, I also love the line that he says, where you know I can barely see out of what you know. I've only got one good eye since you carbon froze me, and it's like, oh Jesus, like <laughs> lasting effects. <you> know? <laughs> but, but to be honest, you know, I mean, the way that he's dealt with all these characters, he's lucky to be alive anyway. So yeah. <laughs> So, I like um, also with the of Baby Yoda eating. It's classic um, Baby Yoda scene. He loves his food. But yeah, I love I love the blue macaroons or whatever they are as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the macarons. It what <laughs> it what it means is macarons exist in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And are they made out of the same sort of blue substance that they drink in the uh, you know in a New Hope? You know, on the farm. Who yeah, knows? You know? So that's a. <laughs> There's the great galaxy bake off happening somewhere. It's the blue bake off as well, you know. I mean, it's, it's the blue bake off. Yeah. That's the theme for this week, it seems. Yeah, it seems like yeah, they only eat blue things in the universe, which I can I can see how it would be appealing. You know, I, I always want to try whatever they're having, especially these macaroons. They were, quite, I can see why Baby Yoda was interested. You know, <laughs> it's oh god, they lead to quite a funny moment afterwards as well with the, uh, you know, back on the ship and just. A little mishap, but we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah. For, but um, so I mean, we get we get another one of those. It's like the classic Mandalorian formula. 
um, at the moment. Um, they might take a bit, a bit of a different stance maybe after this because this episode very much feels like a turning point in terms of, okay, here we go. You know, we've set you up with where he is. We've set you up with what it's like being the Mandalorian for him to get where he needs to go to bring the child back. He has to. He he likes helping out people. He will do favors in exchange for things. So we've kind of ticked those boxes. Now it very much feels like let's start to sow the seed for the main story arc and where we're probably going to go now for the following four episodes of this season. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, like the. I mean, everything from the the evolution of the empire's role in the galaxy at the moment um and the sort of forces they still have and and the things that they're getting up to um and of course you know moff gideon's role in the whole um in the whole arc as you said it's um yeah i thought it was a really kind of insightful episode as well um and i'm 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 interested to see where the story goes in terms of how it links up perhaps maybe to the newer films as well and whether they try and justify some of the kind of experiments that go on there um so i'm, I'm uh, it's certainly piqued my curiosity in, in terms of relating to the wider star Wars universe but yeah in terms of the the overall arc here it's um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you know the empire i suppose the extent of the empire's kind of resources because it seems like they're still quite quite powerful and still have like quite a few troops and, and bases and and i'm just kind of surprised that i suppose yeah that having seen how much of uh, a presence the new republic has you know how i suppose these outposts are still able to kind of last um and and be as sort of supplied and experimental and also you know as grand as they are really um well yeah. it very much seems like it's uh, because we're on the outer rim here, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it very much seems like I know we see those two same pilots again um, from the New Republic at the end, mm-hmm. but from the way they talk about it, it's not exactly like this is a place that they frequent. This is yeah. as um, uh, I think Greek Praga says it on how they should just kind of leave the outer rim. They're not going to fix the outer rim. The Empire couldn't. What makes them think they can? And that's very much kind of like that gives the Empire its in, doesn't it? It's these outer rim planets and and outposts that they can take advantage of and they can still have a stronghold of. And probably from what we see, it's always like mining places or stuff like that. So they're obviously controlling sense of maybe incomes for these planets and using it as advantage for themselves as a bargaining chip aren't they yeah that's a good point actually um oh yeah i I wonder how many other planets are kind of revolting against these little (laughs) imperial outposts and just you know (laughs) it's not the new republic the empire has to deal with anymore but just like people tend to get off my planet you know (laughs) yeah well i just uh, that's the thing i think that this is where the empire easily wins because these these places clearly don't have the resources to fight them, do they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, you know everyone needs a, <laughs> a grief car, a car, a June, and uh, a Mandalorian at their side, and then you know that's a nice job done. But it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious just to see 
you know, as I kind of mentioned, you know, the experiments that go on in this um, facility, it, I mean, clearly it's linked in with, um, as we see later on with Baby Yoda and, and what they wanted with him. And I mean, we get the, 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 the doctor who comes back in on that hologram as well. And he, Pershing, uh, yeah. On, yeah, he uh, kind of, you know, we learned some details as to, you know, why they kind of originally sought Baby Yoda in the first place. It's quite sinister, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, well, they also, they dropped the M word, Mitoglorians. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if they say that they don't actually say metachlorians, but the maybe they say something like the M level. Yeah, that's it. The M level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I, uh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, taking baby Yoda's blood. It's. I suppose that was you know what Koi Wan Jin had done to Anakin. You know the blood test. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's quite dark to see them, you know, taking little baby Yoda, or what little blood baby Yoda has for these sorts of um, new experimental clones uh, to clearly create, I suppose, uh, some evil Sith Lords, really. Well, that's that's it. Then we're at a point, aren't we, where the Empire doesn't have, um, it doesn't have an Emperor, doesn't have Darth Vader, so you're kind of a, a there's no Sith rulers. There's no body with force abilities kind of in control yeah. or as part of their arsenal that they can use. Cause I'm guessing one thing I'm still hoping for, which we still uh, haven't seen in live action. We've never seen some inquisitor Siths and I'm hoping that's what we get at some point. Cause it would just be awesome mm. to see. Um, but this is very much, it seems like, this storyline, which surprised me because, you know, I didn't know it was going there, but you kind of forgot about it. It was so long ago that we had those episodes with the child being experimented on to a certain extent. I kind of forgot the reason they were after him. Um, just all these little missions, but it very much seems that they're trying to create um, troopers with force sensitivity. Yeah. It's... Uh... Yeah, definitely. I was trying to see what, what sort of design they had on um, for the so mask. It looked a little yeah. bit Kylo Renish, <laughs> I thought. Well, I know. I thought they looked a bit like a mixture between the Death Troopers that mm. you see. Um, I think you see mainly in Rogue One, but the Death Trope Death Trooper design, and I, I feel they had like points on the end, like Vader does. Yeah, like the ventilator points almost that they kind of looked similarish to that from a distance i know other people will screenshot zoom in and analyze it for days but you know we're just going off our vibes from seeing it once or twice <laughs> absolutely i was i was curious to see yeah, what type of like you know alien being it was as well and you know i was this is what i was kind of wondering in terms of you know as i mentioned um how how much this storyline is going to tie in with the Star Wars films, and you know whether we're going to see <laughs> um, a new Palpatine kind of floating around in one of these chambers as well, and you know to try and justify some of what happens in uh, later on in in Rise of Skywalker. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 also insightful to see how the you know finally we get to see how the Empire is is using its sort of well, I mean, besides the the Empire of old, I mean, 
this is kind of an interesting thing, I suppose, you know, seeing them kind of go back to their, you know, cloning techniques and um, trying to build a, a new army that way. Because, um, I, I mean, I think with Stormtroopers, it, is it in the kind of the original trilogy, they end up becoming less clones and more ordinary men, so the Empire's kind of moved away from clones? Is that yeah, right? so... I think where you are, where you end up being with, especially with the most recent trilogy, the original trilogy, the stormtroopers are kind of kidnapped uh, as children. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. The Empire. And that's, I think that's where you get that information from Finn, especially. That's how he was in the Empire, taken from his family, probably when he was like four or five years old. And that's how they recruit they kind of mold them in that's so it's a life that's the only life they know mm. yeah I, I always thought it was kind of curious how the empire never really went back to cloning um you know with all its kind of might and power that it was just seems like such an efficient <laughs> way to create you know super troopers based on you know wild bounty hunters and you know and, and so, so to see it kind of now it's it's kind of at the same time you know surprising but also not um but it's interesting to see, you know, how they're how they're trying to make these new clones, and you know, trying to clone Jedi's, I suppose, and and also how effective it would be just having one kind of baby Yoda and and literally using his blood to to do it. It seems like a really, yeah, you, you can see why it's um, why it's. Um, sorry, I was just getting a call there. Just had to, That's right. <laughs> It was coming through That's the, right. We'll leave it in. It's authenticity. Laugh. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's an interesting point, I think, and also like a development point. And I, I'm curious to see where it'll go later on in the episode. I, I feel like that you know, if they've got you know this facility on this planet, they're probably going to have a, a variety of other facilities on other planets. You know, trying to develop the same sort of thing and. Yeah, I feel like we'll get some action later on, and perhaps you know, use of the uh, the what was it, the dark, the dark, the dark saber, saber yeah. yeah, which I'm I'm very intrigued by, and also I'm curious to see how Moff Gideon kind of does. Does he have any force abilities? Does you know, can he can he use the dark saber in a sort of general, you know, or Sith Lord like way? Um, I think he very much comes across as he's more just envious mm. and. He wants to. He probably wants to trial all these things, so he is able to gain these abilities at some point. But coming from a standpoint where he probably doesn't have the knowledge of the Force and how that works, they're very much way of thinking of it. Well, it must be something in the blood, mm. and that's how it's transferable. But yeah, I mean. They're very much teasing off Gideon, continually teasing. You know, we got him as a hologram, and now we actually get him in full plain sight. And hopefully, but I mean, we're halfway through, aren't we? And it's been absolutely great so far. But this is what we spoke about before. They use their time wisely. There's no rushing anything. We yeah. still got four more episodes to effectively talk about the main story arc. So I like just how they're playing it. They're playing it cool. They're chilling into these things and they're not rushing anything. And that's nice because we really get to appreciate a lot more. Absolutely. And actually, you know, when you, when you get these kind of big action scenes, it's, um, you get a lot of kind of gratuitous action in that, like so much kind of happens and it's not short scenes, you know, like, I mean, 
seeing it now on the screen, you know, the kind of final, well, the scene where they're, you know, escaping the base in this sort of stormtrooper tank um, and just, you know, getting away from the base and then flying away from the TIE fighters. I mean, it's a really wild scene and uh, I love it when he crushes the speeder as well. I mean, that's just hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, myth rolls, they're like, oh my God, I just can't catch a break, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was that my speeder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hopefully he'll get the stormtrooper tank, you know, to make up for it. But, um, yeah, it's it's just as I mean, as you were saying, it, it's it's I I love how every episode this season has had these sort of dedicated action points, and you can see how much Disney is throwing at the series now in terms of you know production budget and value, and I mean they they just feel so big and like they're they're really not cutting corners. There's there's just a lot that happens and and the way it happens and also, you know, having these kind of, you know, elements that go from like, you know, ground assaults to, you know, running through bases and then, you know, having TIE fighters coming in. And of course, you know, um, you know, the Mandalorian comes with his ship at the end of it and we have a space, you know, a flying battle as well. I mean, it, it just, yeah, they're really not cutting corners at all and just really kind of throwing everything in and saying, you know, if we're going to have action, let's like have action, which I, I mean, as a fan, I just, I, I love this kind of, delving kind of further into all, all of these these battles which are you know one of the things that star wars has always done so well so to see it kind of in these very epically condensed versions every episode it, it's and as you said it's only halfway through and it already feels like we've had plenty of action um as like standalone action from like the first episode and you know and then as well as the the overall quest action and how the storyline has developed throughout the arc and and the characters that we we've seen from season one are being brought back in and it's just, yeah, it's a, it just continues to intrigue. Um, and the writing is so good as well. You know, like that's the thing they're, they're giving you enough storyline without, you know, throwing it all away. Um, and you're kind of looking forward to the elements that they've introduced in this season, like coming back in, um, you know, like from Bo-Katan and um, as you said, like, you know, will the first marshal from the first episode kind of come back, you know, Timothy, Timothy Olympian, you know, for his, for like a nice, like charming um, kind of cameo. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 you don't know where it's going to go, but wherever it does go, it's bloody awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it very much is. And um, one massive thing we get from this episode, you just, you know, you get the speeder bikes as well. And um, you get those two bike troopers that just smash into each other, pretty much wipe each other out within yeah. like a matter of seconds of getting in there. But another thing we get is the cinematography of this whole entire scene, this chase scene, which yeah. just keeps on giving. Every time you think they've made it, there's another element. Like you said, there's no expense spared right now, is there? The TIE fighters, you got the lava exploding in the background, a whole entire base imploding. Yeah. And then you've got this chase scene with the bikers, and then you get the razor crest. I mean, they're going full guns are blazing, aren't they? Yeah, it's just, uh, it's such a thrill ride. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, and, I, and, you know, having Carl Weathers direct, you know, quite an action packed episode where it turns out to be, um, it, it feels very fitting. And, and, as you said, the cinematography is epic and the action moves really nicely and throughout the episode. And also there's like, you know, a couple of, you know, funny bits thrown in, you know, in, in that typical sort of Star Wars way. And again, like these little throwback um, elements such as, you know, um, grief, uh, grief cargo, you know, in the, in the, 
<laughs> in the firing seat, uh, taking out the TIE fighters. You know, that's a little throwback to obviously to the Millennium Falcon. Um, and also, you know, the, the Stormtrooper bikes as well. Um, as I said, you know, we didn't get the Forest Moon in this episode either, but we have this, like, kind of, again, like an old element from, uh, from Endor, uh, in that, you know, we have the, 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 the chasing bike. So it's, uh, yeah, there's this, these fun little throwbacks as well that they kind of throw into the action. It's very effortlessly. Um, I just love that, you know, as, as, as a fan of the classic, of the films, it's just, they're doing fan service, but without shoving it down your throat. It's like so effectively done. And they've done it in every episode as well, where they've kind of thrown in these little, you know, little niche bits. Um, and like, and you're not sure whether they're doing it intentionally, but it feels like they kind of are, but it's, done in just such an effective way that it's it serves the storyline you know and the fans um it, yeah yeah uh, i picked up as well the gunner seat in the back of this transporter which is the same you know it's just the same style isn't it that we get yeah. in the millennium falcon and it just shows that that style was obviously something that was universal across both the uh, well across the across the galaxy isn't it it's something that's commonly used but it's yeah i mean they do it so well these light touches on familiarity on things we know they don't rub it in your face but it's just these elements that we get every now and again it's just like we're in star wars guys and it's great (laughs) exactly just kind of like for a moment puts you back in in how you felt when you watched the original films and seeing it kind of here in like a new epic setting where they're just, uh, you know, the action is just so, it's great. It's, it's just classic Star Wars action, you know. It, it's And it's a, a great blend of also kind of real scenes, real characters with, you know, CGI and, and it, it doesn't overdo it, which again, you know, how, you know, having discussed the, the prequels on, on this podcast before, you know, th- there are points where the CGI does, you know, <laughs> does become uh, a little bit too uh, painful, you could say. But here, you know, it's just it's so effectively done. And I, I love the kind of the use of the real rooms with the, with the action around it. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's and it, yeah, just continuing to be epic. I, I, I can't really, you know, say anything else about it. I mean, that is it, just this whole second season has been epic from start to, to midway now. It's... Um, and and again, you know, kind of seeing these X-wing pilots coming back in as well, and just like being the sort of, you know, the the overall officers of the galaxy. It's um, again like a kind of funny little uh, just new scene setting that it's doing for for the audience and showing how the the galaxy is. It's uh, at this point in time. So yeah, it's continuing to amaze and and enjoy and entertain. You know. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. I also liked the, you get how kind of stoked Grief and Kara are just to have the Mandalorian around. Yeah, it's uh, clearly, you know, they'd make a good little gang, which is, I, I think I think they'd prefer if the Mandalorian stayed. <laughs> yeah, I 100% think they would. But also we, a nice little character development as well, get to know a little bit more about Kara Dune know that she's yeah. from Alderaan. I don't know if that was a thing that was mentioned in the first season. I can't quite remember. I don't think it was. I, I it think... was a nice touch at the end to kind of 
find a little bit more about her and they obviously present her with maybe like a token gesture a medal i don't know if that's like a service medal or something mm. but yeah, I was, um, I was it's, it's a very interesting just little discussion that they have at the end there between her and that um pilot yeah and it, yeah, i can't quite remember what they say in season one about her i know that she they mentioned that she was part of the rebellion yeah um and of course she has a little you know tattoo there as well uh, under her eye so you know a pretty permanent sort it's, it's quite funny that she's not in the rebellion anymore you know with such a permanent symbol there but yeah, the uh, I was wondering whether it was a medal for her or whether it was just a sort of <laughs> a seal that you know the X-wing pilots. You know, once an area is safe, it's like okay, here you go. Here's a little <laughs> you know, New Republic brand of approval that you know now a tourist-friendly spot or something like that. A tourist <laughs> or like a TripAdvisor review, <laughs> certified rebellion certified. <laughs> One star of safety, you know. <laughs> Still, be careful, Empire around, you know. <laughs> yeah. Gold Award. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, yeah, and I and you know, seeing this last scene as well with the um, you know, again, you know, back on an Empire ship, you know, this is elements which kind of intrigue me to see that the Empire still has this sort of heavy duty operations kind of happening, and uh, it feels like the kind of Empire of old that you know, all, all these men sitting around in control rooms and stormtroopers patrolling the hallways, and then. Uh, you know, Moff Gideon reporting in like a an old Sith Lord, which you know, as he said, he's he's probably envious and trying to, you know, show that 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 as his identity. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see the the extent of the you know the opera. And I mean, this episode really kind of does dive into the operations of the Empire that they have that they're still pretty fully operational. That they're clearly doing some very evil shit, and you know hurting her poor baby yoda um for you know uh experimental means um but it, you know on this ship it seems like they already have these kind of troopers ready to go in, in almost in a way so it, it's it's interesting to see what kind of uh foes you know mandalorian will have to come up against in the uh coming episodes and yeah and you know who who they're gonna who he's gonna loop in to help him really yeah and it's you know the whole empire coming in at the end of it it's all brilliantly done isn't it the over the top of the camera shot that we're so used to seeing in star wars where it runs the whole entire length of the ship a ship i don't not too familiar with i don't think i've seen an empire ship like this before they might have been referenced before but it looks really cool i love the female officer element as well in terms of i love sometimes to see something we don't get a lot of is other empire characters you always get like throwaway officers and you get the person in charge but that you don't really get too much else so it'd be great if we had someone like this character we're briefly introduced to that could be something maybe as Moff Gideon's point person that you could just familiarize ourselves with. It's just, it's nice to like bolster it out with characters like that. It's nice to see more Empire characters getting involved. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, in the last episode, we saw that other Empire officer being, you know, going suicidal. Um, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see um, how dedicated they are. That now it's like almost. 
you know, like the Jedi, it's kind of like a religion slash cult that they're, I suppose, you know, involved in now. That it, it's a belief that the Empire, and you know, she kind of referenced. Is it? Um, I think they reference in this episode that they say something about um, the new way, or is it, yes, uh, I can't remember what the uh, line. Um, in, it's like in the new world or the new something you will be rewarded yes they say it to the they say it to the person who's pretty much planted that tracker you'll be rewarded by the new i don't know the new empire or something something along those lines isn't it so yeah that line i mean says so much about what their kind of plans are and then going to that final scene of seeing these super soldiers being created it's um clearly they just have the same plans as always um and again, like I'm wondering how this will tie into the wider universe and perhaps the new films. In that, maybe this is the sort of setup for the first order, in a way. That yeah. you know, that clearly the Empire still has enough resources and sort of manpower to set itself up again, and perhaps that's what turns into the first order down the line or maybe it will be destroyed in this kind of version or like again kind of lessened down but then the remnants of this is what becomes the first order Mm, well i don't feel it ever goes away i think you have you have clearly have loyalists in the empire which will mold into the first order the the force awakens is set i think about 30 years after the events of return of the jedi and mandalorian is set anywhere between five to ten years after that so after return of the jedi that is so it sits quite well in the middle there so you're gonna have people who were young ish in the empire or in their 20s who could still be like general rank by the time it gets to the first order you've got a lot of like richard e grant's character in um the rise of skywalker Mm. very much seemed like an emperor loyalist and you've got a lot of emperor loyalists which i feel stick around the whole entire time so i think it's very easily a thing isn't it absolutely so oh. it's it's be interesting to see the relationship that the empire has with the rest of the mandalorian series and obviously moff gideon is the main bad guy so it's really interesting now to see where that goes yeah and also to see where the um the new Republic starts playing into, I mean, you know, if the Mandalorian gets as big as, you know, as the films, maybe they'll even consider bringing in, you know, characters like Luke and Leia and, and, and Han Solo. Cause they're, you know, <laughs> they're all around. yeah, they're, they're around and bopping around the galaxy. And I'd, I'd expect, I mean, I would imagine layers in politics and doing, you know, the kind of new Republic thing. And, but you know, Han Solo and, uh, and Luke, maybe they eventually, you know, come back in in a new form um yeah i mean because with the empire being developed as much as this it feels like it's setting itself up for quite a grand confrontation and uh yeah you know it's who knows whether they'll bring in those uh those familiar faces or familiar names really or maybe someone like wedge oh my god they need wedge wedge would it's kind of like the mandalorian in in terms of taking out (laughs) taking out the empire you know he's very very effective so yeah, a bit of wedge would would be great, you know. <laughs> Just chuck a wedge in there. Get a wedge in there. We'll be all good. <laughs> yeah. That's well, so man, cool. onwards and upwards. Let's wait and see. We will have chapter five next week. 
which is when we will be back next week. So may the force be with us. Hell yeah. Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Elder Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.